February 6th, 2024. We're continuing in Masechet Berachot, we're on the Kaf Aleph, Amud Aleph, basically at the middle of the Amud, maybe a line or two below. First word on the line, Amar. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, Safek Kara Keriyat Shema, Safek Lo Kara. If a person is uncertain, I don't know exactly how this happened, but they don't remember whether they said Keriyat Shema or not. Or what's the halacha? Eno chozer. They are not to repeat keriyat shema. It's an interesting statement. It's not exactly the what. Or no, no. Keriyat shema. Isn't it just pesukim? Keriyat shema. The pesukim. You're not supposed to go back. You don't need to. Let's you don't need to, that. but you're allowed to say the pesukim. Sure. Continues the gemara. Continues Rav Yehuda, and he says, "Safek amar emet v'asiv, safek lo amar." Uncertain whether you said berkat emet v'asiv afterwards or not. Under such a circumstance, Hoser veomer emet v'yatsiv. You must go back and state and say emet v'yatsiv. The questions the Gemara: Why is it that in makom safek on emet v'yatsiv we necessitate you repeating it or stating it as opposed to kiriat shema? Ma'ita ama? Question mark. What's the reasoning over here? Answers the Gemara: Kiriat shema derbanan emet v'yatsiv deoraita. The reason is the difference between, of course, not exactly what we were expecting, Kiryat Shema and Emet Vyatsiv, of course, the Beracha after Kiryat Shema is one is Midrabanan, Kiryat Shema, therefore, Bemakom Safik, in a case of doubt, we don't necessitate going back. As opposed to Emet Vyatsiv, it's Minhator Rashi on the right hand side, Kiryat Shema Dirabanan, Lekaman Parichla, Rashi is. Well aware of the question of everyone at this point, says Likaman in a bit ahead, Parichla will ask this question. What are you talking about? Emet v'yasiv de oraitahi. That's of course the second question. In what way is that berachav emet v'yasiv after kriyat shema going to be a mitzvah from the Torah? Right, Rashi. Shemaskir ba yisiyat mitzrayim because there's a mention of yisiyat mitzrayim. De chiva de oraita because mentioning yisiyat mitzrayim is a mitzvah from the Torah. As the Pasuk says, so that you'll remember the exodus from Egypt. Well, says the Gemara, well, that being the case, I understand to a certain extent, but I don't entirely understand. We'll pause for a moment and read Tosafot before the question. Well, let's read the question in the Gemara, and then we'll return to Tosafot afterwards. Uh, says the Gemara, Mativ Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef has a very basic question. What about the Pasuk in Kiryat Shema? The Pasuk says, kumecha. You're supposed to recite Kiryat Shema. It appears, it's certainly the way we interpret it, in the morning. And in the evening, or better yet, in the evening and in the morning, when you lie down, when you wake up. Amar le Abaye, Abaye responds, Hahu bidivre Torah ketib. That pasuk of morning and evening, the hayu ha-divarim ha-ele, these words should be, alevavecha, on your heart, on your mind, in your mouth, in evening and in morning, is a reference to Talmud Torah, not to Kiryat Shema. Tosafot questions, what about the, the Mishnah, what about the Mishnah that makes derashot with regards to uh, Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel about the appropriate way to say Kiryat Shema? According to Bet Shammai, you lie down when you say Kiryat Shema. And according to Bet Hilel, it's only during the times of Kiryat Shema. But the Bet Shammai are basing themselves in that Mishnah on the Pasuk, Bishoch Becha, Uvkumecha, when you lie down. Answers Tosafot, that's an asmachta be'alma. It's not that that's quote-unquote the true intent of the Pasuk. 
It's what the Hakamim base themselves on in determining the details. Says the Gemara onward, Tenan, I have a challenge. Again, all before addressing the words of Tosafot on this general context of the Sugya, Tenan, we're going to challenge this from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said the following, Baal Keri, if a person has Tumat Keri, we read in the Mishnah, Meharher bilibo ve'eno mevarech, if you recall, a person who has seminal emission called Baal Keri, the halakha is he's meharher bilibo, keriyat shema, he thinks to himself, but wouldn't utter the words in an audible fashion. But he doesn't say the berachot, neither before nor after keriyat shema. He doesn't say the two berachot before in the morning, nor the one afterwards. When it comes to Birkat Mazon, you state that after eating, in your mind, but you don't beforehand. Well, pause for a second and understand what our assumption in each of these statements is. Our assumption is when it's biblically binding, when it's a mitzvah from the Torah, you have to do hirhur. That's a mention of Birkat Mazon. That's the reference to Keriyat Shema. When it comes to the Berachah Rishona, the Birkat that's only rabbinic in nature. You don't even do hirhur on that. As a result, we now have a challenge. If emet v'yasiv is a mitzvah from the Torah, so then why aren't you doing that hirhur? V'isal kada'atach. And if you are to think and to tell me, as you did, emet v'yasiv de'oraita, that the berachah emet v'yasiv is binding on a biblical level, it's mitzvah min Torah, livroch le'achareah. You should at the very least have to hirhur be thinking emet v'yasiv. Answers the Gemara, my ta'ama mivharech. Says the Gemara, well, let's try to analyze this. Why is it that you, in the scheme of things, are saying, emet v'yatsif? My ta'ama mivharech. If the reasoning for saying emet v'yatsif, in this situation, keep in mind, it's a Baal Keri. It's an individual who just did hirhur on Kiryat Shema. Now, you're questioning why doesn't he do hirhur on emet v'yatsiv as well afterwards, which is a mitzvah from the Torah. Why would he do so? Maybe you're going to tell me the reason he would do so is because of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Emet v'yatsiv leads you into Mitzrayim, Gyaltanu, etc. Ha'adkar le'bikriyat shema. You already said mention of Yitziat Mitzrayim in the final passage of Kiryat shema. As a result, even if it's binding from the Torah, you already fulfilled that with the Kiryat Shema final paragraph. If that's the case, says the Gemara, you could skip thinking Kiryat Shema. Nemaha, we can say, of course, Behirhur, in your mind, Emet Ve'atziv, but skip over Kiryat Shema. Answers the Gemara, Kiryat Shema is ideal. One more time. We're in the context of an individual's Baal Keri. We're challenging the notion that Emet Ve'atziv is a mitzvah from the Torah, from the fact that the Mishnah told us you don't need to be Meharher, be thinking the words of Emet Ve'atziv. Why not? Uh, well, says the Gemara, if it's a mitzvah from the Torah, you should have to. No, because you already fulfilled whatever you would have accomplished, the mitzvah from the Torah of mentioning Yitzhak Mitzrayim and Kiryat Shema. Well, if that's the case, just say Emet V'yatsiv and skip Kiryat Shema, says the Gemara, Kiryat Shema Adifa. Kiryat Shema is still more ideal. If you have to choose between Emet V'yatsiv in order to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim or Kiryat Shema, you choose Yitzhak uh, Shema even with the premise, which will be challenged, as Rashi wrote, we will be dealing with this later on, but even with the premise that Kiryat Shema is at its core, the obligation to state the words, not Yitziat Mitzrayim, is only Midrabbanan, it's still ideal, it's still preferred to Emet V'yatsif. Why? The Itba Tarte, because it has Yeshbo 
Tarte means two. It has two values, two merits. How so? What are the two merits of Kiryat Shema? Rashi, Yetziah Mitzrayim, Umalchut Shamaim. You have what's called Kabbalat Umalchut Shamaim, accepting the yoke of heaven in the initial pasuk of Kiryat Shema. Kabbalat Mitzvot, which is an addendum to it. And then Yitzya Mitzrayim, you say Kiryat Shema instead of Emet V'yatziv. All right, that's what we have then thus mentioned in the Gemara. Tosafot on the left-hand side, in Safik Lo Amar Emet V'yatziv, Hozer has the following a basic question. And we're going to, to a certain extent, summarize the words of Tosafot. They're detailed, but their question is, is a telling one and may have been troubling you. Tema ha'al-korchach tzarich lo mashu mesupak gam mikriyat shema. Says Tosafot, here was our safek in the Gemara. The Gemara said, I have a safek whether I said Kriyat Shema or not, no repetition. Uncertain whether I said Emet V'yatziv or not, you repeat it. Pause for a second. Did you say Kiryat Shema in such a situation? If you're certain you said Kiryat Shema in that situation, well then you already mentioned Yitzhiyah Mizraim. If you already mentioned Yitzhiyah Mizraim, then there's no reason to now repeat or, or state Emet V'yatziv, if the whole merit of Emet V'yatziv is for the mention of Yitzhiyah Mizraim. Basing themselves on the continued words in the Gemara, Tosafot gets a little bit stuck. Tosafot therefore suggests that there's a difference between this stage and the next stage, the Baal Keri. The Baal Keri has certainly in his mind thought Kiryat Shema. He proactively did so. This situation, where we're dealing with safek amar emet v'yatsif safek lo amar, there's a double safek. You're uncertain whether you said kiryat shema, you're uncertain whether you said emet v'yatsif. Why don't we tell you certainly say kiryat shema again, it betarter, has double. Well, you may have already said Kiryat Shema, don't forget. It's not like the Baal Kiri, where we certainly don't. And as a result, if you may have already said Kiryat Shema, but you didn't say Emet V'yatziv, we may as well, you're not a Baal Kiri, there's no problem with saying these words. May as well tell you to go back and do uh, the Emet V'yatziv instead of Kiryat Shema. It's what we call Rov Tzidadim. There's more reasons to necessitate Emet V'yatziv to Kiryat Shema in such a circumstance. When we talk about these mentions in the Gemara, again, just to be clear with regards to our intention, we're talking about the necessity. In terms of if you wanted to go ahead and say it, there would be no problem, obviously. It's Talmud Torah saying Kiryat Shema. Good. But not the Berachot. But not the Berachot, absolutely. The irony, of course, is that's where we're necessitating. So continues the Gemara and says, Virbi Lazar Amar. Rabbi Lazar has a counter position. Safek kara kiriyat shema, safek lo kara, hozer vekore kiriyat shema. If you're uncertain, the complete opposite of the initial statement that we had uh, here of Rav Yehuda, if you're uncertain whether you said kiriyat shema or not, you repeat kiriyat shema. Uh, on the flip end, what if you're uncertain whether you said... Um, not emet v'yatziv, but rather tefillah, safek hitpalel, safek lo hitpalel. You're uncertain whether you said amida or not. Eno chozeru mitpalel. You don't repeat amida, or you don't say amida. And arbit all equal. It appears so. It's not distinguishing. Um, Rashi, chose um, vekore kriyat shema. Why would Rabbi Lazar maintain that you repeat kriyat shema? Kasavar, clearly his opinion, he maintains kriyat shema deoraitahi. In contrast to Rav Yehuda, not only Kabbalat Omachut Shemaim, not only Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, the very nature, the very notion of saying Kiryat Shema every day, B'Shoch Pecha is translated as a hova of saying these words. It's an obligation of Kiryat Shema. It's a safek de oraita. Yes? 
he continues and he says, it's not so when it comes to tefillah. And the Gemara concludes this segment, this part of the sugya, by saying, Rabbi Yohanan disagrees and states, Ulevai, which means if only, a person should only pray the entire day. Well, what does that mean, a person should only pray the entire day? Well, he's clearly disputing that second statement of Rabbi Lazar. Safek, you said Amida, Safek, you didn't. Well, he's saying it's appropriate to say Amida. The question in this segment of the Gemara is when we talk about Kiryat Shema and we talk about Tefillah and we say you, you repeat or you don't repeat, is this in terms of permissibility or in terms of obligation? Do you follow? Rashba records that this is a mahloket between Ra'avad and Ga'on, Rav Ha'i-Ga'on. He writes initially, he says, Piresh Ga'on, eno rashay According to Rabil Azar, with regards to Tefillah, Safek or not, you're not allowed to repeat Amidah. Why not? Because maybe you already prayed. And then his next words are, and there is Mishum Baltosif. Well, you might say something along those lines. There's something inappropriate. The continued lines of the Gemara are going to complicate these matters more, but it's already important that we take note of that. According to the Gaon that Rashba cites, it's forbidden to repeat Amida b'makom safik. Uh, and Rabbi Yohanan, who jumps in and says, he's stating it's permitted, not obligatory. It's permitted. Why is there no issue of this uh, Baltosif? Apparently, uh, since prayer is, we saw this last one, is a call for mercy. There's nothing inappropriate, there's no Baltosif, nothing wrong about continuing and repeating the potential repetition of those words. You don't have to make it a conditional prayer where you say, like, interesting. If I did. Interestingly, we have no mention of that. What about what we usually call a Hidush Davar, introducing something new to the prayer? We're going to see concepts of that sort a little bit in the continued lines of the Gemara. But apparently, the concept is since it's Rahamim, if only I do it all day. Ra'avad, in contrast, says, not so. De eno chozer mitpalel, eno chozer. No hayav, excuse me, la hazor lihit palel ka'amar. Korantar we just initially explained, you don't have to go back and repeat it. Excuse me, you're not allowed to repeat it according to the Ga'on, whereas Rabbi Yohanan disagrees and he says you're allowed to. When it comes to Ra'avad, that's not the way you read it. It goes like this, you don't need to according to Rabbi Lazar, and you must according to Rabbi Yohanan. How do you see that in the words of Ulevai, if only you pray? From the fact that it's permissible, generally speaking, to add in prayers, to speak the words of mercy of God, you see in this situation the suggestion is that you must. Rashba prefers the approach of the Ga'on because of those words. Rabbi Yohanan's words make it appear as if this is optional. Ulevai, if only to twist them and say he's generally speaking about it being optional, but in a situation of Safik, it would be obligatory according to the reading of Ra'avad, he's uncomfortable with going that far. We need to, and we won't on this sitting, we need to read this in Shohan Aruch, understand how this is going to be nifsak lahalacha. We're just going to uh, conclude with uh, one, one last line uh, in the Gemara, and then Rashi, and we'll begin the Tosafot to disagree with Rashi next time. Let's just read one more line in the Gemara. If a person is in the midst of Amidah, they already started. No safek over here. Viniskar, and you remember, not that you're uncertain, you're certain, and unfortunately this has happened to me, Sheet palim. 
I'm in the middle of Mincha Amida in the Knis, and I remember, I've worked on this, that I already prayed in the classroom. The kids finished class, they only had nine, they asked me, we finished a little bit late, could you pray with us, make a minyan? I've done it, it happened to me once or twice, I got to the Knis later in the afternoon, I'm in the middle of the Amidah, what's the halacha? Posek v'afilu beracha. The halacha is, a statement over here, have you done the name of Shemuel, you stop even in the middle of the beracha. That's interesting, does that go against what we just read earlier? Here, I'm certain, it's not a makom safik, so that opens ample ground for more complications and terminations. Let's just read Rashi, and we'll suffice with this for today. Rashi quotes from Halachot Gedolot, known as Bahag. It says, Halachot Gedolot pasak halacha kirbi yohanan, besafik, halacha kishmuel bevadai hitpalel. The understanding of Halachot Gedolot, and in turn Rashi, is that there's a disagreement over here. Whereas Rabbi Yohanan said, you go back and you, you uh, our understanding, our application of him is, you go and you repeat the Amidah, or you say the Amidah, that's makom safik. If you're vaday hitpalel, what would Rabbi Yohanan say there? We're not sure. We could have imagined Rabbi Yohanan would say, even if you were vaday hitpalel, you certainly prayed, you could pray again. We could have imagined. Halachot Gedolot Rashi are telling us not that way. That's why he says, uh, Rabbi Yohanan believes that even, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I, I, I flipped it. According to Rashi's reading, Rabbi Yohanan is telling you whether you were safik or vadayit palil, you could go and continue praying. I was in the middle of Amidah and I remember that I, I already prayed. According to Rabbi Yohanan, according to Rashi Bahag's reading, you go ahead and you finish the Amidah. We didn't necessarily need to understand his words that way. He may have only been talking about the makom safik. And therefore, they split the Pesach over here. They say the halacha is b'makom safik. If you're uncertain, you repeat it, or you say it. If you're certain, you don't say it. Tosafot, the bottom over here, Rabbi Yohanan, disagree. Omer read the halacha k'Rabbi Yohanan v'davka b'safik hitpalel, aval v'adai hitpalel, lo. Halacha is like Rabbi Yohanan, but understand, Rabbi Yohanan's statement of ulevai, if only you pray the whole day, was only said when you're uncertain whether you prayed already. If you're certain that you prayed, even Rabbi Yohanan would agree. You don't need a new opinion afterwards in the Gemara, Rabbi Yudan, in the name of Shemuel. No, 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 Even Rabbi Yohanan would agree. You don't need to split the Pesach. It's all Rabbi Yohanan. Teda, dahamistama la paliga hada amar Rabbi Yudan, amar Shemuel besamuch, veniskar sheitpalel posek, vechenim yachol lechadesh davar betfilator, the continued words in the Gemara, where it gets a little bit more complicated. Tosafot's proof is from the presentation of the Gemara in short. Right? You read the Gemara as we have it. The Gemara doesn't pit these two opinions one against the other. Just structurally speaking, you have Rabbi Yohanan, and then it uh, seamlessly leads into this next opinion of Rav Yehuda uh, in the name of Shemuel. Right? So, uh, Rabbi Yohanan said, you can just continue praying. And it doesn't say, and this disagrees, doesn't say, upeligad, doesn't say, and not like this next opinion. It appears as if they agree with one another. And therefore, there is no mahlokin in the eyes of Tosafot. Both of them seem to be agreeing that we're splitting between safik or vadai. The fact that they're reading it into Rabbi Yohanan as opposed to a split is telling and maybe we'll have some grounds for determining things in halakha when we get to discuss that a little bit deeper and certainly in the continued lines of the Gemara. But just to summarize briefly, we dealt with today the cases where there's a safik, where there's an uncertainty whether a person said Kiryat Shema, said Emet Ve'atzib, 
said Amida, each one of the specific circumstances had a particular law. We saw Mahloket about whether Kiryat Shema at its core is a biblical obligation. We understood Emet V'yatziv has something very significant to it. Zechirat uh, We understood Tefillah, there might be or there certainly is, just a question on the technicalities, a distinction between I certainly prayed or I'm uncertain whether he pray, I prayed or not, even though at its core, Rahameni, who it's a call for mercy. Baruch Adonai Amen ve amen. Bihananya.